what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Be sure to hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Also, as well, if you're a Yankee fan, baseball fan, please come out to NYY News TV Day on October the 11th. Um, we're having a party, watch party, food, beverages, alcohol, music in the Bronx on Tremont Avenue. Uh, it's going to be a fun night, so I'll probably put the link in bio. And I think that's pretty much it. So uh, we're going to go through first thoughts, injury, injury report like usual, 2022 stats, things to look for, players to watch, questions to answer, keys to win, score prediction. Finally, well, I got a Panthers guy on. I went through like seven of them. I went through like seven DMs looking for Panthers guys and like, well, busy, this, that, and the other thing. So I finally got Dean Jones on, who actually I believe was on New York Post Sports with Brandon London uh, previewing the game. So it's going to be fun talking to him, of course. Um, Before we go to the injury report, first thoughts, man. I know the fan base is hype. And I know there are some people that want to take it a little lax. Um, I've been sort of in the middle. I'm taking it day by day because in the end, this is a rebuilding year. You can't expect a lot, but um, coming off of week one, you have to feel good about yourself and this team a little bit uh, because they were not supposed to win in week one. And you're coming in, facing Carolina with, you know, a quarterback that's easily rattled at points. They do have a dangerous running back. I will say that, obviously. Um, And Panthers lost. They gave up like 200 yards on the ground. So uh, it's going to be tough for them when it comes to facing Saquon Barkley. But overall, in terms of fan hype, we'll see where this game goes. We'll see where this game goes. Um... Obviously, and I'm obviously, uh, what do you call it? Foreshadowing the injury report, but Kayvon and Aziz are not playing again. Hopefully, they're back for Monday night because they got seven, eight days of rest. So let's uh, let's try to get back on the field. And the Giants are facing a couple other injuries as well. So let's go to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Marquise Hayes, defensive end. He's playing. Frankie Louvu, the former Jet linebacker, he is playing. Uh, Hayes with a hip injury. Louvu with a shoulder injury. Taylor Moton, knee injury, was limited in Wednesday and Thursday's practice, and he's going to play. Uh, offensive tackle, of course. Linebacker Brandon Smith is doubtful, uh, was limited in Wednesday's and Thursday's practice, and. Uh, did not practice on Friday, so he is doubtful to play. And then Shy Smith, the wide receiver, he's got a groin injury. He is listed as questionable. <clears throat> now we go to the New York Giants, and they have a couple of guys out. So expect Justin Lane, Tony Jefferson. Uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Justin Lane, Tony Jefferson, Fabian Moreau. Some of those inactive guys to play. Darius Slayton's probably going to play again. So we're going to talk about that later in the show. Uh, Nick McLeod, a quarterback hamstring injury. He is out. Aaron Robinson, quarterback injury. Appendicitis. He has appendix removed. He is out, which is a big loss right there. Uh, Wandale Robinson, wide receiver, knee injury. Did not practice all week. He is out. Hopefully he's back for Monday night. Uh, Center John Feliciano, lower leg injury. He is going to play. Aziz Ojolari. Linebacker, calf injury, doubtful. Jason Pinnock, shoulder injury, he is out. Kayvon Thibodeau, linebacker, knee injury, he is doubtful. Uh, Dane Belton with the clavicle, he's going to play. Devery Hamilton with an illness, he's going to play. And Kadarius Toney with the hamstring injury is listed as questionable. So we'll see where we go there in terms of if he plays, what role he has in the offense, and you know, I do want to speak on that for just a second. I know there's all sorts of speculation and all this stuff. And, 
you know, someone did try to trick me. Well, maybe they didn't try to trick me, but I read into something that Jordan Ranan said on his podcast that went back to August about Kadarius Stoney not having his helmet on, and, <clears throat> and uh, you know, Brian Dable said, get your fucking helmet on, and, you know, I thought that was, like, this week because of recency bias, but uh, that was not the case. That was actually in August, and I'm like, you know what? If there are no excuses and all that stuff, we got to st- – in my opinion – I do not believe it all. And listen, this offense is dynamic. It's complex in its scheme. I don't think it's a wide receiver packages. They need to get this guy on the fucking field. Now, hamstring injury, listen, he's got his, you know, spouts with injuries. We've seen that in the last two years. He is clearly injury prone. Um, What I will say, though, what I will say is get him on the field. Kadarius Tony, get him on the field. Uh at this point in the game, at least from reports, he has showed us that he wants to be on the field. And I know a lot of, obviously, there's maturity issues, character issues. That's all speculation. Um, it's not necessarily proven at this point. But Wandale Robinson's hurt. Darius Slayton's going to be active. Who's your top wide receiver going to be? Is it really going to be Richie James again? Is it really going to be David Sills? I am taking Kadarius Tony and David, uh, not David Sills, Darius Slayton all day. And the thing with Darius Slayton, I kind of said this in in the uh, recap. If you're not going to pay him, what's the point of the veteran minimum then? Why don't you just trade him? So, uh, just some minor criticisms across the board. So they haven't announced those elevations yet. It's not practice squad protections anymore. Um, also, which is uh, a funny thing for the first time since MetLife Stadium opened, I just opened Twitter, Giants will be introducing the starters one-on-one, uh, the side of the ball for the first time. Wow. So new era, uh, the Giants are bringing back some stuff that they did in Giants Stadium. Maybe that brings back some victories too, like, you know. Uh, let me see if the Panthers have any elevations. Usually elevate two players. Once again, there's no practice squad protections. That was uh, that was the COVID thing. So there are no elevations as of yet. Um, neither for the Giants, but also as well. I mean, it could be Quincy Roche. It could be Tony Jefferson. Uh, I expect Fabian Moreau to be activated. So we'll see how he plays. We'll see how those guys play. Now let's go to the 2021 stats. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, they're 28th in total yards per game, and this is only based off one game. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, but anyway, in passing yards per game, 20th. In rushing yards per game, 31st. But points per game, they are 10th. In terms of defense, uh, they're 17th in total yards per game. They are second against the pass, so that's good. Um, in rushing yards per game, they are 31st. I gave the second most yards in week one. And 26th in points per game. Now, some advanced analytics. They are 13th in pass percentage. They are 20th in run percentage. 26th in pass percentage on first down. And then 11th in run percentage on first down. So, they lean a little bit more on the pass, but they are a run first down team, which kind of does not surprise me. Um... Then again, it's also Ben McAdoo, so it does surprise me. But it's going to fluctuate by game plan. I feel like they're going to be a passing first team on first down when they play the Giants on Sunday. So they are also 18th in blitz percentage, 20th in pressure percentage, and 26th in sacks. They got like one sack. They're only a few by uh, behind the Giants, so you know that that's what it is. Uh, in terms of the Giants, 9th in total yards per game. And this is offensive stats, of course. 29th in passing yards per game. First with the rushing game. 15th in points per game against, you know, uh, not against. I was mumbling and stumbling there. Of course. Defense, 18th in total yards per game. 23rd against the pass. 15th against the run. And then passing, uh, not passing, points per game. They are 13th. Also as well, they are 30th in pass percentage, 3rd in run percentage, 28th in pass percentage on first down, and twen- uh, I 
I'm stumbling and mumbling this morning. I don't know why. Second in run percentage on first down. So obviously they're going to be running the ball to start the game. And the Panthers, well, they got to stack the box. They got to do everything possible to stop Saquon Barkley and make this offense one-dimensional. Probably something I'll be talking to uh, Dean Jones about later on in the show. They're also third in blitz percentage, so a lot of people speculated. Well, Wink didn't blitz a lot last week. Yes, he did. Third in blitz percentage. Eighth in pressure percentage, so that's good, but at the same time, they really didn't get home a lot. Hopefully, they they do that this week because this O-line is a little shaken up. And at the same time, they're just not that good. Like Akeem Aquanu, you know, he struggled against Miles Garrett. And he's got rookie struggles. We'll talk about that later in the show. Um, Brady Christensen, the left guard, I think he was at BYU two years ago. Uh, the center's Pat Elfine. He was struggling to snap balls this week. Or I should say last week. Uh, the right guard is Austin Corbett, somebody I wanted in the offseason. And then the right tackle is Taylor Moton. Um, but yeah, so things to look for. I'm going to say a lot of batted pass attempts. Giants did well with that in week one, at least in my opinion. Like Dexter had one, O'Shane Zimenez had one or two. Baker Mayfield, let's look at his height because apparently he's a short dude uh, compared to the NFL stature of quarterbacks. So Baker Mayfield is six foot one. Um, usually you have a bit taller quarterbacks, but batted pass attempts, I mean, the Giants have to get there. You know, if they're not going to get there with a rush, just put your hands up, put your body up, right? He won't be able to see through, and then he'll probably have to throw it up and just wish that something good happens or he throws it away. Um, lots of loud noise from the crowd is another one I'm going to improvise to put in there. I love Wink Martindale's hype-up speech. If you want to be part of this culture, well, you're going to have to get loud. You're going to have to make them go on a silent count. And I don't like Baker Mayfield. I think a lot of people know that. Let's distract the shit out of him this week. I won't be at the game, of course. But for everybody in the stands, when it's third down, when it's first down, when it's anything, get fucking loud. Get fucking loud. And it's not going to be anything like the 12th man in Seattle. But, once again, get fucking loud. Christian McCaffrey in the receiving game. Giants were pretty good against the run uh, last week with Derrick Henry. And, you know, they did an outstanding job. So, in terms of the receiving game, also as well, we really don't have linebackers that could cover. Now... Could you possibly put Dane Belton in his first opportunity against Christian McCaffrey? I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll put Tate Crowder there. Maybe they even drop Xavier McKinney in coverage. Uh, that might be a safer bet. But McCaffrey, I believe, was used a couple of times in the receiving game. I think he got four catches last week. So if the Giants do uh, have their plan to stop the run and they succeed with it and leave them one-dimensional and they cover the guys downfield, Short, speedy passes to Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, there are people that say, well, Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey are the same speed. I happen to think that Christian McCaffrey is a little bit more speedy. Uh, just my opinion. So, batted passes, loud noise, Christian McCaffrey in the receiving game. Those are some of the things to look for, in my opinion. Obviously, lots of blitzes again. And that's pretty much that. And also, maybe the Giants to run it on first down a lot. I think that's going to happen. Uh, okay, so with that being said, I'm going to take a look at some players to watch. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is one that automatically comes to mind. Now, in week one, he did not do so good in the rushing game. Uh, his longest was nine yards, 10 carries, 33 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. He did have a touchdown, though, so I guess that counts for something. Um, just give me one second. So I'm also looking up another player's statistics. With that being said, uh, Brian Burns versus Evan Neal and versus Andrew Thomas. I mean, they already talked about McCaffrey, so I might as well go on to Brian Burns. Um, he's probably going to be mostly lining up against Andrew Thomas. 
So Thomas will have his hands full, and you know I expect him to uh, basically shut the left side down. Hopefully he doesn't have a bad game because I mentioned it. But there are times that I feel Phil Snow, who's the defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers, there are times that I feel um, that he's going to match up Brian Burns against Evan Neal. And, you know, I thought Evan Neal obviously had some rookie struggles in week one. But at the same time, I feel like people graded him harshly. He's a fucking rookie. What do you expect, okay? He's going to get better. Um... You know, obviously he was beat inside a few times in the running game. Some plays would blow up. Um, but anyway, Brian Burns, that's a guy to look for. Last year, um, he had nine sacks. He also had 31 pressures. Now, this year he's had uh, no sacks. Two pressures and eight tackles. So he's hungry for his first sack. And why not against a rookie? Why not? Uh, Jeremy Chin is another guy that's come onto the scene for the Carolina Panthers. I believe he was like a fifth-round pick uh, two years ago. That's like one of the picks they've hit on. Um, he had a total of seven tackles in the first game against Cleveland. He had 107 tackles last year um, and also a sack. And in coverage, uh, last year he did okay. I mean, the passer rating's a little high. He's, he allowed five touchdowns. So that's something to monitor uh, but the completion percentage isn't too bad. 64.7, 303 yards. Uh, once again, that's a little bit of stats from last season, but I really don't see that changing a lot. So he's going to be all over the field tackling. Uh, he's probably going to be put in that box. Can Saquon Barkley one-on-one. So if the New York Giants are double-teaming their defensive linemen or whatever the case is, and maybe Shaq Thompson's out for a couple of plays or... You know, maybe Damian Wilson's also out for a couple of plays. They're probably going to send Jeremy Chin in the box. Uh, DJ Moore. Now, this is obviously going to be a little bit more interesting with Adoree being the only solid corner uh, for the New York Giants defense. DJ Moore last week had six catches for 43 yards. So he was not the leading receiver, um, which surprised me a little bit, but... I expect him to get some yardage. You know, it's it's going to happen. Uh, maybe three, four catches, maybe even five against this Giants defense. And maybe times they'll move a Dory off of him instead of uh, putting a, him on DJ Moore all the time. Uh, the guy I'm a little bit more worried about is Robbie Anderson. Now, there was a busted coverage, and Robbie Anderson had a wide-open touchdown. It was 75 yards last week. Uh, total of five receptions, 102 yards, a touchdown. Um, I do have confidence that Julian Love and Xavier McKinney will play the safety spot better than Grant Delpit did on that play. He shaded two in and didn't have enough time to uh, go back and try to make a play on the ball. Robbie Anderson was just wide open in the secondary. So, um, you know, maybe not him is focused on the deep ball, but he's going to be facing either Fabian Moreau, who did give up like eight touchdowns last year, uh, Cordell Flott, who's a rookie, or Justin Lane, who... You know, he hasn't played too much in the NFL. He has not played too much. So those are my players to watch. If you guys got other players to watch, please comment them in the premiere. So we got questions to answer now. Questions to answer. Uh, this podcast seems like it's flying by. Derrick Henry was a bigger body. Will they limit McCaffrey, who has more speed, around the same amount of yardage? Uh, in the receiving game, Forgot to go over that a little bit. The receiving game, he had 24 receiving yards on four catches. Um, with that being said, you combine that with the yards he had on the ground, that doesn't match up to Henry. I think Henry had 80-some-odd, but that's not too far off in terms of scrimmage yards. He's got more speed. You know, I think that Austin Calitro and Tay Crowder would have a better time covering Derrick Henry than Christian McCaffrey. I think that should be common sense to anybody. And Tay Crowder, you know, there are a couple of tough positions he was put in last week. But at the same time, man, I mean, you know, that one wheel play, not the crosser, but the wheel play with Hilliard coming out of the backfield, you got to play more up. You got to play more up. You can't be playing middle of the field and... You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to put the two wide receivers on the left, just go straight down the field on verticals? No. 
they're going to obviously try to trick you. So you have to play with a little more instinct and a little more IQ. Um, and I understand he's still learning the linebacker position, but, you know, what is this, his third year in the NFL? So play a little more instinctive. Hopefully, Micah McFadden gets some more time. I know he got a few snaps, not too many, but I would like to see him a little bit more than Austin Calitro. Um, Calitro's good in the run, but not in the pass, and I would like to see Micah McFadden against the pass. Maybe him covering McCaffrey, who knows. But, uh, yeah, that's a question to answer. Will they limit McCaffrey, who has more speed and around the same amount of yardage that uh, Derrick Henry had? So, uh, Wandale Robinson is out, which means Darius Slayton is active. Who gets the ball more, Darius Slayton or Kadarius Toney? It's a good question. Um, if they do not have Darius Slayton active, I will be pissed. Because there's essentially no point in having Darius Slayton on the roster. And I am going to assume that he's going to be active. That's probably like 90% assumption he's going to be active. Because Wondell Robinson's out. You want to have depth receivers and all that. So with that being said, who gets the ball more, Slayton or Tony? I'm going to say off gut feeling, I'm going to say Darius Slayton. So I feel like they're going to use him a little bit more in this game, maybe in the quick pass. And listen, it's not that Kadarius Tony can't do anything. I have my utmost confidence in the guy. Expectations, not so much because of you know the situation he's been put in. For some reason, he's not getting field time. He really should. Um, but that's pretty much a repeated point over and over and over again. Uh, with that being said, though, I think Darius Slayton's going to get the ball a little bit more. My opinion. Maybe someone else has more yards. Once again, just a question. Uh, will the Panthers stuff the box and contain Saquon Barkley, forcing the Giants to be one-dimensional? There's going to be a lot of guys in that box, in my opinion. I feel like they're going to stuff the box. Will they contain Barkley? That is a question to answer, as this is the whole segment. But what they can do, once again, going to the last question as well, is have Tony lined up. Have... Sterling Shepard lined up, you know, if they stack that box and it's like a play action, they end up blitzing, well, you toss it out to Tony, toss it out to Shepard, they make some moves, yards after the catch, right? So, take advantage, take advantage, uh, once again, if they do contain Barkley, go to the quick passing game, do something, um, this is an average defense right now, uh, Dante Jackson and JC Horn, I mean, Horn had a solid season last year so if they do contain Barkley get it out to your playmakers if they don't contain Barkley use a good mixture of both but mostly run the football um how does the interior o-line take the pressure do either the guards or the center make strides in the passing game it's going to be the same exact rotation it's going to be Josh Azudu and Ben Bredesen Zuda's going to struggle heavily again. I guess that's their way of just getting guys in. Um, as well as Ben Bredesen, he's going to struggle. He wasn't very good. And you look at their defensive line. Two guys I'm kind of scared of off the bat. Now, Derek Brown, he's improved after his rookie year. Last year, I think he had a few sacks if I got him on here. Yeah, Derek Brown had five tackles in week one, but he also had three sacks in 2021, 41 tackles, nine quarterback hits to go along with 12 pressures. So he's a force from the interior. He is a force from the interior, mostly a run stopper. And then the other guy gave us trouble when he was with Washington. That is Matt Ioannidis. Um, is he exactly in his prime right now? Let's take a look. He had one quarterback hit last week, four tackles. Hasn't necessarily been the same since his 2019 season with Washington, eight and a half sacks. Then he had one and a half and 20, uh, two and a half and 21, and then, you know, nothing obviously this year yet. But if he's facing Feliciano, if he's facing Lewinsky, Lewinsky did not play well in uh, week one. So let's, let's shore up that pass protection a little bit more at least give Daniel Jones a little bit more time to throw the ball 
Um, but the offensive line is going to grow. The offensive line is definitely going to grow. Uh, it's just a matter of time. The offensive line is suspect for Carolina. Who gets there first in terms of getting to the quarterback? Does Taman Fox have a day against his former interstate college rival? That is Akeem Aquanu. Uh, if you guys know your college football history, last year, Taman Fox really had a day against Akeem Aquanu, had one or two sacks. And maybe Aquanu has improved in some facets. But put O'Shane Zimenez on that side. Put, you know, if you would if you put Quincy O'Shea on the active roster, put him on that side. Maybe Jahad Ward. Take advantage of the rookie struggles because Moton's a good uh tackle on the other side. You're not gonna get anywhere. I mean, obviously you still have to put somebody on that side. You're not gonna abandon it for the entire game. But take advantage of Akima Kwanu. Take advantage. And also as well, I mentioned earlier about Pat Elfine. He struggled last week with snapping the ball. He is in for Bradley Bozeman. If Dexter Lawrence or Leonard Williams can shit scare him and he starts fumbling those snaps and he's, you know, not really Mayfield, but like if he starts fucking up on those snaps, I mean, you're doing your job. You are doing your job. So another question. Who takes the cake at cornerback two? Is it Fabian Moreau, Justin Lane, or Cordell Flott? Or Darnay Holmes, just to throw it in there. Uh, I think it's going to be Fabian Merle this week. Now, Brian Dable did praise him. He said, look, uh, he's played a lot of man coverage. He gave up eight touchdowns last year. Now, this is going to be only one or two games. I don't know how long Aaron Robinson is going to be out. But I expect the Giants to put him in a better position than the fucking Falcons did last year. Because the Falcons aren't a good team. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. The Falcons are not a good team. Um, I feel like there's a chance that maybe Arthur Smith is fired at the end of the year, but that's separate subject. Um, I think it's going to be Fabian Moreau. I think he might get taken to town a little bit, but the Giants rush has to get there and help him out a little bit. Um, because the pressure was there last week. It was just wasn't consistent and they didn't get home. And, you know, I, we can make all these things about, well, you know, in wings defense, they really don't care about the sack numbers and all that stuff. Well, you got a struggling secondary. And also as well, you don't have Kayvon Thibodeau or Aziz Ojolari. So you need to get home. You need to get home. Um, do the Giants get a turnover? I think they do once or twice. Xavier McKinney is really my pick. Um, Mayfield is turnover prone at times. You know, he fumbled four times last week. Those were a little bit due to Pat Elfine snaps. But he also threw an interception to Grant Delpit. Uh, right over the middle. So I'm expecting the New York Giants to give different looks. And I'm expecting one turnover. We got to start getting some turnovers here. Uh, those will play big parts in momentum shifting. And also the Giants just getting hype on offense and scoring. Because we need to score points. Alright. So we are somewhat like 28-29 minutes through right now. Um, keys to win. Then prediction, and then we're going to go to the interview with Dean Jones. Uh, keys to win. Run the football. It's got to be running the football. Run the fucking football. Um, I don't know what the hell the issue was, and we'll find out with Dean Jones. I don't know what the issue was for Carolina last week. But they couldn't stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Make it a second straight week, Saquon. Be an asset in the running game. If you need to take a break, Matt Breida, do the same thing. I know he doesn't have as much speed and all this other stuff, but go off, Saquon. Try to earn that second contract, which a lot of giant you know, players haven't done in how many years. Uh, number two, get pressure on Baker Mayfield and secure the back end. Getting pressure, batting passes, those are going to be two keys to the game. Well, I mean, essentially they're in one section because I got three keys to the game. That's precisely number two, but they're a part of the same facet. Bat passes, put pressure on, sack the quarterback, secure the back end. Now, he did pick us apart last time, but the thing was, that was a defense that was bend but don't break, and I hated that philosophy. You guys know I did. I hated that philosophy. He got over 300 yards, secure the back end, play man-to-man, Bat passes, get pressure, and sack the fuck out of Baker Mayfield. 
Number three, limit the turnovers. Now, I'm not going to be a guy that's like, oh, we got to limit Daniel Jones and this, this, and this. You know, it's his prove a year for another contract, his prove a year. I think the Giants are already done with him. But we can't necessarily be limiting him because I know, obviously, you know, the fans are going to have some bipolar takes. We wanted this offense to be more aggressive in the passing game, not just in the running game, but in the passing game. And Tyrod Taylor, he's not going to be much better in terms of production. But we can't be sitting here after one game saying, well, we got to limit Daniel Jones on this, this, and this. And I know a lot of people don't mean curl routes. But let him air it out, especially, especially if Saquon is stopped in the running game and they really are stuck to a one-dimensional playbook. But limit the turnovers, though. Limit the turnovers because that interception should have cost us the game. And also, we were going down the field, and I'm not going to say that it's Daniel Jones' fault, at least this time around. Um, we were going down the field in the first quarter, or second quarter it was, and then uh, Jeffrey Simmons blows up Daniel Jones. So, uh, limit the turnovers, definitely. But, before we go to the interview with Dean Jones, I am going to give my prediction. What is your prediction, Alex? My prediction is that the New York Giants take home a victory 24-20 in this game. We beat Baker Mayfield. We get one or two turnovers in this game. Uh, one or two sacks as well. I know we really don't have an official sack on the season. We do. It's Tamon Fox, but that really wasn't a sack. Um, but let's turn over to the interview with Dean Jones. I appreciate you guys. Keep listening. Keep watching. All right, what's going on, everybody? So we are now on with Dean Jones, who covers the Carolina Panthers for Fansighted. Just some first thoughts coming into this game, Dean. Uh, I think it's pretty much a must-win already for Matt Rule. I mean, last weekend against uh, Jacoby Brissett and the Cleveland Browns, I mean, that, that, that was a pretty winnable game at home. and But the first three quarters were a disaster, really, especially on defense. So, And this is obviously the place where it was probably his most embarrassing loss last year, the 25-3, um, with Sam Darnold benched. And it was, it was just absolutely horrific. And things sort of kind of spiraled out of control from there. So... It's a big game against um, a Giants team who, who were fantastic last week, uh, ground it out, showed resolve, and uh, Brian Dable was really bold to get to get that play over the line and get them a much-needed win. And you can tell there's something kind of different about them this year um, in years gone by. So it's going to be a big test for Carolina, I think. Definitely agree there. And I would say that the Panthers are definitely a test for the New York Giants. Um, first question, I'm going to go into some questions that I just have for the Panthers and then we'll go into a little bit more of the game. Uh, what was the fan base? What was their consensus and their feelings towards the Baker Mayfield trade? Because overall we've seen the past few years, Matt rule do a lot of things with the quarterbacks. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, then he traded for Sam Darnold. Uh, and then now it's it's the Baker Mayfield thing. I mean, what's, what's going on over there and what was the fan base feeling when Baker was actually traded? Uh, initially, I think it was pretty mixed, obviously another trade for a quarterback who wasn't wanted elsewhere. Um, another gamble really. But I think the way Baker settled in during the offseason um, really changed a lot of people's minds. I mean, he came in uh, fully focused, um, even though he was put sort of in a quarterback position with, with li limited reps, obviously because of the quarterback competition. So he came in, he he got, he got up to speed pretty quickly with Ben McAdoo's scheme, which is quite complex, um, integrated well with his teammates um, and, and got a lot of people on side. I mean, obviously the... The, the week one performance didn't really go his way until really late on. But I think in the fourth quarter, uh, he really showed what he could do with his team when there was kind of an added sense of urgency. But whether he's the long-term option or not, is still still kind of undecided. But um, there's absolutely no doubt he was he was the best man for this season, uh, given how Sam Darnold performed last year and the fact that he won the quarterback uh, competition quite comfortably in the end with his leadership as well. So, yeah, I mean, people are on board, but he's going to have to do a little bit more, obviously, with the contract situation coming up, needing uh, to either do enough to get the franchise tag or a long-term commitment from either Carolina or elsewhere. So another big game for him this weekend, I think. 
Yeah, definitely agree there. Um, let me just generally ask this, and I, I've been kind of wondering it, and it's not that I hate the Panthers. I mean, I generally like them as a team outside the New York Giants, but is this a prove year for Matt Rule or he's gone? Just a general question. I think he's got to get to about eight or nine wins. Otherwise, I just can't. The way the fan base is at the moment, the way things have gone, I mean, I think they're 2-13 and 13 in the last 15 games. Um, lost 12 or 14 after going 3-0 and last season. Just, yeah, just the way it is at the moment. I mean, I can't see him getting another year if things carry on as they are. I mean, David Tepper seems to be quite steadfast in his belief of rule, um, which is strange to, to many. I know, I know, but um, I mean, this is the year, year three. This is what he's been uh, speaking about um, in terms of what we saw at Baylor and Temple when his uh, program started showing real growth. So I think unless uh, you like say eight, eight or nine wins, I think I think his job status is uh, in real real t- um, question, to be honest. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I like I say I don't know. I mean, many thought uh, Tepper was going to give him the boot after last season, and given how much they capitulated, but the, he ended up giving him a vote of confidence. Uh, so who 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 knows with Tepper really? He's very unpredictable. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But like I say, it's, it's a long season. Last week wasn't good, um, but it's a long season. So just see how things go. Definitely. Um... Obviously, one of the things that Giants fans are looking for, uh, whether it worries them or not, is the presence of Brian Burns. Was there any real loss on the edge with Hassan Riddick going to Philly? Yeah, I mean, Hassan Riddick not only sort of can come up with the goods in terms of getting after the quarterback, but he takes so he took so much attention away from Brian Burns, really. And um Without him, we saw last week, uh, Cleveland were able to chip him, were able to double-team him, and, and he found it difficult sort of to generate enough pass rush. And there's just not a lot else on the on the defensive line. I mean, Brian, um, Brian Burns is probably the only one with the, with enough explosiveness sort of to cause problems consistently. Uh, year two, Gross Matos um, is a bit indifferent. This is his first year as a starter. So, and he, he has flashed across the rotation, really. He can play three-tech as well, so... Um, it'll be interesting to see how he sort of copes with extra demands. Uh, they're not getting enough push from the interior with Derek Brown and Matt Ayane. Just um, Bravery on Roy comes in sometimes, and he's he's not that great either. So there's a lot of onus on Brian Burns, and and it's made more difficult without Hassan Reddick and the fact that the Panthers didn't really invest enough on the edge to to sort of get him get him a viable replacement. I know Carlos Dunlap was close to coming on board, but. He ended up going to the Chiefs, so they are really light there. Um, I think if you can negate Brian Burns' his, his threat, then um, you've got a good chance of giving uh, Daniel Jones some time in the pocket, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what we need after five sacks last week, and that was actually kind of my next question. Uh, one of the guys I was just generally interested when I first got into like draft scouting and all that was a Yotur Gross Matos out of Penn State. Is it just that he hasn't been a starter? Is there injury issues with him? You know, he was a second round pick. I would expect just a little bit more. Yeah, I think they took him 38, didn't they? Um, he's had some troubles with injuries and he got COVID at a really bad time as well, just when he was uh, some momentum was starting to pick up. Um, he's, I mean, he's decent. I mean, it's just. He hasn't had a, a chance to sort of start consistently yet. Um, and obviously, there's there's a pretty big step up from uh, being on the rotation, coming in, playing sort of 35, 40% of snaps, and then doing 75, 80 and producing the same consistency. So it's a case of wait and see. But like I say, these aren't, these aren't rookies anymore. Him, Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin, these are these are year three guys who are expected to, to kind of deliver from where they were drafted. So... Uh, it was a slow start last week, even though um, the Browns didn't have Jack Conklin at right tackle. I mean, he still found it difficult. And um, gap discipline against the run's really poor as well uh, from the edge and at the second level. So uh, a lot of hard work ahead for, for not only Yeto, but uh, the whole Panthers defence, really. 
Now, you kind of went back on this before when we were talking about the quarterback situation. Has the offense been progressing with Mayfield and McAdoo? Obviously, we know McAdoo really well over here. Uh, but has the offense been progressing? And do you think some of that stuff in the fourth corner, fourth quarter, excuse me, is going to translate into the first two quarters with with the Giants? Obviously, you mentioned that the first three quarters were really good. And then I think the Robbie Anderson touchdown was in the fourth quarter. So has the offense been, been progressing? And do you think any momentum is going to shift into the first part of the game on Sunday? I mean, hopefully from that point of view, um, I know one of the biggest surprises last week was uh, McAdoo kind of completely going away from the run. Uh, Cleveland stacked the box as expected with uh, Christian McCaffrey there. And um, McAdoo kind of took the bait, really, uh, put put way too much on Mayfield's shoulders considering he was going against his former team on his first game in Carolina. Um, and he just found it really difficult, whether he was too amped up or, I mean... The defensive line kind of caused a lot of problems uh, as well with Miles Garrett, obviously going up against Ike Okwano, who who got a kind of a baptism of fire on his on his NFL debut. Um, but like I say, Mayfield's really picked up the offense really well this offseason. Um, he didn't get a lot of time to do it, and the splitting reps didn't help either. But um, I think once the silly mistakes are cut out, uh, there's more than enough talent uh, on the on the at the skill positions to to do some damage. Uh, obviously, you've got McCaffrey, uh, DJ Moore, Robbie, uh, Shai Smith's been getting a lot of reps. Um, Ian Thomas had a really good game at tight end last week. I thought he was one of Carolina's best players. Um, so there's, there's, there's enough there to be getting on with. It's just a case of uh, how quickly um, they can all familiarise themselves with each other because time is really of the essence. I mean, after this Giants game, their run is brutal. I know, I know most of their games are at home, but um, it's very, it's really important that they get this win. Definitely agree there. And you mentioned Ikemaquan who's struggling against Miles Garrett last week. Any concern for him this week? And I know we got our B edge rushers out there, but also um, Taman Fox, who is an undrafted free agent that made the roster. He had a day. Uh, when UNC versus NC State last year, and that happened to be against Zika McQuanu. So that's part of the question, part A. And also, do you have any confidence that Pat Elfine will be better at snapping the ball this week? I know that was part of the reason that Baker started fumbling last week. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be too concerned with Icky, to be honest. Uh, I mean, he's not going to come up against Miles Garrett every week. And it was um, it was a real learning curve for him. I mean, he did. I, I thought in the first first half he was really good, and then obviously there was the back to back sacks, which really kind of, kind of spoiled his day, really. But I thought he held his own. Um, he got a little bit of help, um, obviously with chips and double teams. But considering uh, how good Garrett is and how little sort of Icky's Icky's played, I mean he he, he was at left guard for most of uh, most of camp and working with the seconds because they had Brady Christensen at left tackle, which kind of sort of complicated things. A little bit more again. I mean, that's kind of the, been the staple of the material era so far. Is kind of making things more complicated than they need to be. Um, but I think if I know Kayvon Thibodeau is doubtful, isn't he? So um, I think he could have an easier afternoon. But like I say, it's um, it's all about establishing the run, and that's where Ricky thrives. So I'd expect to see a lot of um, a lot of stretch runs, trying to get McCaffrey on the edge with 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 a corner down the left um, pretty early on to set the tone. Um, Do you think that, speaking of the running game, do you think that Carolina is going to try to get the run going early on, or do you think it's just going to be like last week, put a little bit more on Baker Mayfield's shoulders? Because we stopped the run pretty well last week against Derrick Henry. I mean, weeks can fluctuate and all that stuff. Um, we didn't really do a great job of stopping the pass, but do you think they'll try to force the run early? I think you'll see a bit more balance. Um I think McCaffrey got three carries in the first half and four touches with one. And I think he got one reception and three carries, which just isn't the way to go about it, especially on the road. Um, obviously, there'll be a kind of renewed sense of optimism at MetLife with Brian Dayball coming in and getting the first win. So and having Saquon Barkley back, so it's, it's going to be a tough atmosphere. Um, so I think set, setting a tone against the run working your way to sort of kind of third and shorts and then trying to build something from there would be the best, best option to go. Obviously, McCaffrey's a real threat in the passing game as well. I mean, his Texas routes are virtually uncoverable. So 
I'd, I'd expect to see a lot of that against um, against the Giants linebackers as well, uh, which could pay off given, like you say, how much they struggled last week. Yeah, and the Giants linebackers, to be fair, aren't really good at covering running backs. I mean, take Crowder had trouble against Dontrell Hilliard, their number two, yeah, yeah. Uh, last week for Tennessee. So, um, with that being said, you guys face Saquon this week. And y'all faced Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt last week. What was the real problem with stopping the run? They ran for over 200 yards, and they pretty much stuck to it the entire game. Uh, was it setting the edge? Was it not getting enough interior pressure and uh, penetrating when it came to stopping the run? What was the problem there? Yeah, I think, gap, like I said before, gap discipline's a problem. Um, it was last year, and it seems to be this year as well. Um Derek Brown's also lost a little bit of weight, so he's he's a bit lightweight on the interior now. Um, and Matt Ioannidis is is not your stereotypical sort of defensive tackle either. He can play sort of he's more of a three tack, um, kind of like a three four defensive end, I'd say, more rather than sort of a stout four uh, three defensive tackle. And then you've got Damian. Damian Wilson was was awful last week at middle linebacker. I mean that's the position that's. That's been a real complication for the Panthers since Luke Kigley retired. I mean, they've had to hear Whitehead, uh, Jermaine Carter, and now they're on to Damian Wilson, um, who just wasn't good enough last week. And missed tackles as well. I mean, they had 17 missed tackles against, and most of them were on Nick Chubb last week. So, um, And we all know how tough uh, Saquon Barkley is to get down once he once he kind of gets momentum after sort of four or five yards. If he breaks off, um, breaks a couple of tackles, then you can forget, forget about it, really, especially how explosive he looked last week. I mean, he looked really back to his best and with a point to prove. So um, another stiff test, but I mean, I, I don't think the Giants offensive line is anything like the kind of how imposing Cleveland were, especially on the interior. So they, they might have a little bit more success this week, but they've got to make their tackles count and be disciplined. Yeah, I mean, the one thing we did do even with a rookie and a third-year veteran at left guard, is we did run the football well, um, but passing game, I mean, it just wasn't good. Once again, five sacks. Yeah. Um, with that being said, what are two players, one on defense and one on offense, uh, in terms of the Panthers, that you're looking for to step up in this game and really have a big impact, one on offense and one on defense? Um, offense, um, I would say if he plays Shai Smith, I know he's questionable, um, but he's he, he he can make things happen with the ball in his hands. I mean, he had a great camp. He he came in with some real questions, and he was on the he was on the roster bubble because he got arrested in the off season as well. Um, but he really took on the challenge, came in, um, kept his head down, um, got some advice from Steve Smith, and uh, has really has really came come to life. Really, um, fantastic hands, good route runner. Um, wasn't really used that much last week, but I mean, he 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 can make things happen with a ball in his hands, no doubt. Uh, and on defense, I mean, uh, Jeremy Chin and J.C. Horn pick take take your pick, but they've got to step up this week. Uh, both were a little a little disappointing considering uh, what's expected of both in a in a very talented secondary coached by Steve Wilkes. So, if I was to pick one of them, it'd be J.C. Um, I know Amari Cooper gave him. Gave him a tough time last week with some of his routes. I mean, um, but like I say, you're not going to find many better route runners in the league than Amari Cooper still. So uh, be interesting to see how he bounce back. This will be only his fifth um, fifth competitive game after breaking his foot last year as well, which which needs some kind of perspective. So he's still finding, finding his football feet. Uh, so there'll be two players I'd watch out for. And then two players... You're kind of scared of, afraid of when it comes to looking at the New York Giants, one on offense, one on defense. I think I know the one on offense, but I'll let you answer, of course. Yeah, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, Saquon Barkley, I mean, just looked fantastic last week. I mean, he's just such a danger. I mean, he'll keep he'll keep cheering, he'll keep cheering, and then all, all of a sudden, one missed tackle, and he's, and he's gone. For, and, and, and there's nothing you can do. I mean, he's so explosive, and he and he, and he just looks fresh now, which is great because he hasn't had the the easiest couple of years. I mean, kind of similar trajectory to Christian McCaffrey, really, in terms of his injury problems. So really good to see him um, doing so well. And um, I'm a big fan of Xavier McKinney at safety. I mean, I I, th I think he's a really good player, good communicator, intelligent. Um, 
so Baker's got to keep his eyes out to see where he is at all times. And uh, obviously, if he comes down to the line of scrimmage on running downs, uh, maybe to spy McCaffrey sometimes as well, I'd keep an eye out for that. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Xavier McKinney. I think he's a tremendous player. Yeah, and one final question, and then you could probably give uh, your social media and where people could find you. Do you think the Panthers come away with a win in this game? Yes, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to stick my neck on the line one more. I, I, I had them to beat Cleveland last week, and then I'll, I'll take them to beat the Giants this week. And they, they need to win. I just think it's this is must win, considering what they've got coming up on the schedule up to sort of kind of week seven, week eight, um, where they where they get Atlanta on Thursday night football. I think up until then, uh, it's going to be very difficult. But if they don't build some momentum here, I mean, you've already got a, a, the fan base who are restless. And um, I can't see things getting better. So, I mean, it's hard to predict one way or another whether they're going to sort of rise to the challenge, especially after what happened at MetLife last last year. But I'm going to say they win a close one. And uh, besides your blog for fan-sided covering the Panthers, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at DeanJones underscore. Uh, post stats and videos and stuff on there most of the time. So, yeah. All right, everyone, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't already, comment, share out, do all the good stuff. I appreciate Dean coming on and taking the time out of his day to have a discussion. Giants-Panthers uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. Dean, once again, thank you for coming on. No problem, Alex. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the game.